thank you for being here. We want to thank you for having the or taking the, the, the time and the opportunity to be here with us tonight to study God's word and to sing songs of praise unto God. It's always a blessing for us to be together as a family that we can draw strength from each other and draw strength from studying God's word. Then anytime we have the opportunity to open God's word and to read it and to study it in any chapter, in any book, it's a benefit, it's a blessing in our lives. And we appreciate everyone here taking the, the, the seizing the opportunity to, to, to receive that blessing as we study God's word. I hope that the study tonight will be a benefit to you, will be of edifying as we close out the book of John. It's kind of sad. It's kind of a bittersweet deal. But the book of John has been great. It's been wonderful getting to study the book of John. How different it is from the other gospels there and all those, those other extra details that we have here in the book of John that we've been able to, to look at and dissect and study. How it seems that the book, the book of John is written more towards the Gentiles and how it's talking to the Gentiles so that they can see these things, so they can understand that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and it's also that people will believe in Jesus Christ, that people will believe He is the Son of God, so that they will come to Him and believe in Him and baptize in His name, and all these things are here in the book of John. And sadly, we have come to the last chapter here, John chapter 21. And I'm going to have all the verses up here on the board. We're also going to go to Luke chapter 22 a lot. We're going to use Luke chapter 22 as well as John chapter 21 to kind of get a clear picture of what's going on. And also there's a character or there's a person in this chapter, and it's Peter. And I want us to really focus on Peter and kind of put our minds in Peter's or put our feet in Peter's shoes or look through Peter's lens or however you want to see it because many times when I study the person of Peter I see myself and maybe you you do as well so as we study this last chapter there's a lot of Peter and Jesus interactions here and I want us to really put ourselves in Peter's position and really focus on maybe some of the thoughts he's having and some of the thoughts that he's feeling as we close out here John chapter 21. If you, if you recall from last week, Brother Ian did chapter 20. So Jesus, our Lord and Savior, has been crucified. He has been buried. And he has risen from the dead now. The tomb was empty. And we want to praise God for that. And we also looked at how he has appeared to his disciples at least a couple times. We read about a couple places the last chapter where Jesus appeared to his disciples he appeared to Mary and Mary was the first one to go tell those uh, disciples or his apostles that the Lord is risen from the dead and then John and Peter run to the tomb and John gets there first and he peeks in and Peter run, runs right by him to see where is Jesus where have they taken my Lord and all those things and we remember how what, what happened there and how he showed Thomas and all these things that he appeared to his, to his disciples. And, and we're going to look at further where Scripture tells us that it was 40 days that he was there showing himself and appearing to his disciples. But it wasn't a constant thing. That, that, that many times I, I, get, I get confused. I thought that Jesus appeared and he's with his disciples. They just start going around for 40 days. Jesus was popping up here in the house. He was popping up here on, on, on a road and he was showing himself, but it was in separate places in separate times. And I want to keep that in mind too because it helps us better understand Peter. So starting off here in John chapter 21 here, the Bible says, John chapter 21 verse 1. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of, of Tiberias, and on this wise showed he himself. Verse 2, there were together Simon and Peter and Thomas called Didymus, or the twin, and Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, and the sons of, of Zebedee, which is James and John, and two other of his disciples. So there's seven men. So there's seven people there. There's seven disciples there that are, are here with Peter. 
and I'm going to use Peter, primarily Peter and John, but there's, there's seven of them there. And it says here that they were at the Sea of Tiberias. And, and it's pretty much saying here that Jesus showed himself again at the Sea of Tiberias, and here's the account of what happened. That's kind of how this chapter goes. He showed them. Now we're going to talk about what happened when he showed himself to them. If you recall in John chapter 6, verse 1, Back in John chapter 6, verse 1 here, the Bible says, After these things, Jesus went over to the Sea of Galilee, which is called, which is the Sea of, of, of Tiberias. So it's the same sea. It's the same location. And I wasn't going to use my map because I wasn't sure if I would have a good opportunity. And I have a great opportunity because right here in the beginning of the chapter, it has a location for us. I want us to understand that it is the same place here. If you can read that, it's a little small. The blue says Lake Tiberias or Sea of Galilee, and it's right there. You can kind of see that town with the same name there at the at, at that Sea of Galilee. There's Capernaum, which if you recall from previous chapters, we studied a lot in that particular town. So, yeah, I get to use my map again. I'm very excited about it. I know you are. I know you were hoping to see it. Here it is. So they're right there, but it's almost like they're back at the beginning. It's almost like this is kind of where Jesus saw them and called them in the first place. And now this is the end of the chapter here, and we are right back here at the exact same sea, and we're right back doing some of the same things that we were doing. And if you want, I could get you a copy of that map. You let me know. John chapter 21 Verse 3 here, the Bible says, Simon Peter saith unto them of the disciples, those other men that were with him, I go a fishing. They say unto him, We also go with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately, and that night they caught nothing. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. So, they, so Simon Peter tells him, he, he declares to them, I'm going fishing. And, and keep in mind that Peter as well as these other men, have already seen Jesus appear. Okay, Keep that in mind because sometimes I get confused. They've already seen Jesus appear. He's already showed them that he has risen from the dead. They've already showed that he has risen from the grave. But Peter and what Peter has done and some of the things that he's struggling with in his mind is still having a hard time. So Peter here says, I go a-fishing. And when he says that, it's not like me asking Lonnie, you want to go fishing Saturday? And I don't like fishing, so I probably won't ever ask Lonnie that. But it's not a casual, let's go fishing. He's pretty much saying, I am going back to what I used to do. Because Peter was a fisherman. He's not saying, guys, let's go fishing. I'm, I'm tired of this. All this stuff is stressing me out. Let's just go hang out for a little while. He's telling them, I'm going to go back to what I used to do. And I'm going to go back to fishing. And they agreed to, to do that. So it's like he's going back to his old occupation, okay? So keep that, that in mind. It's not a casual, let's go fishing. It's, I'm going to go back to what I used to do. I'm going to leave this path and go back to fishing. And then Jesus was there on, her, on the shore. They didn't know that, that, that it was Jesus. And that night they caught no fish. Continuing on here in John chapter 21, verse 5, the Bible says, Then Jesus saith unto them, Children, have ye any meat? And they answered him, No. And he said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. They cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fish or fishes. Does this sound kind of familiar? I mean, it, it does to me. It seems like it's almost like we're start, starting over again. We're not starting over. But Jesus is making a point here. If you, if you recall back in Luke chapter 5, Luke chapter 5, beginning verse 1 here, the Bible says, and this is when Jesus first called them back in Luke chapter 5, it says, And it came to pass that as the people pressed 
upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gisinaret, uh, or, or Gisinaret, and that's the same lake, same place. The Sea of Galilee has lots of different names. Same location, same lake, same sea. Verse 2, and it says here in Luke chapter 5, they, and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, Simon Peter, the, the guy that we're talking about here in John chapter 21, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. So they're hearing Jesus preach and teach for the first time as well here. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a drought. Say, put your nets down, let's, let, let's catch some fish. Simon, Simon Peter, answering, said unto him, Master, we have told all, all the night and have taken nothing. He said, we've caught no fish. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down, down the net. Verse 6, and when they, had, when they had done, excuse me, and when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fish and their net break. And they beckoned under their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they, and they came and filled both the ships so that they began to seek. So they catch just a giant amount of fish, tons of fish. When this happened, in verse 8, it says here that Simon Peter saw, and he fell down at Jesus' knees, <clears throat> saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. You know, one of the things about Peter is he's, he's a very self-aware person. He understands that what had just happened here in catching all these fish was miraculous. He's, he's a fisherman. This is his job. He knows what he's doing. And they caught no fish. And now this guy says, let it down. And they catch all these fish. He realizes he is in the presence of something great. He's in Jesus' presence who was someone great. And he falls down upon his knees or he falls down and he says, depart from me. I'm a sinful man. He says, this Jesus, you can't even be near me because I am so sinful. I am so bad that you shouldn't even be near me. Do you think that Peter now, take us, take us back to John chapter 21, is having some of these same feelings he just denied Jesus three times, right? You, you guys remember studying that. He denied Jesus three times and just left Jesus for dead. He's probably having some feelings of, 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 of being upset. Some of these same feelings where he's like, I'm a sinful man. That he's not feeling right. Or he's not feeling good because of what he's done there. About betraying or turning his back on Jesus. And now, here's Jesus again catching fish. And he catches all these fish, and he knows that it's Jesus. Once they catch these fish back in John chapter 21, they know that it is Jesus. But just keep in mind that Peter is struggling because of what Peter has done. John chapter 21, verse 7, the Bible says, Therefore that disciple whom Jesus loved, that's John, saith unto Peter, It is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he girt his fisherman's coat upon him, for he was naked, and did cast himself into the sea. He put his fisherman's coat, he put his garment back on, and jumped out of the boat. Verse 8, and the other, and the other disciples came in a little ship, <coughs> for, for they were not far from land, but as it were, 200 cubits, which is about like a, a football field's length. So they're not real far away from shore. Dragging the net with fishes as soon as they were come to land verse 9 they saw a fire of coals there and fish laid thereon and bread so they realize it's jesus because these guys have gone through this bit before they know it's jesus because of all the fish that they caught and as soon as peter hears peter puts on his clothes he jumps out of the boats and peter swims to shore he beats them all there he can't wait he's so excited it is jesus he jumps out of the boat and starts just swimming 
Just like when he heard that Jesus and the tomb was empty, Peter ran. Just like John did, Peter ran. So Peter's always going towards Jesus. And even though Peter has had some mistakes in his life, Peter is a faithful man. So they all get to shore. That ship gets to shore. Peter gets to shore. And they've already like a little fire there and some fish there on and cooking. It's like a breakfast there. John chapter 21, verse 10, Jesus said unto them, Bring of the fish which ye have now caught. Simon and Peter went up and drew the, drew the net to, to land, full of great fishes, 153 fish. And for all there were so many, yet was not the net broken. So Jesus says, Bring those fish. And Peter drags this net of 153 fish. That's a lot of fish. And they drag this fish to Jesus. And Jesus has this meal. He has this setting here prepared. And they bring those fish that, that they caught from Jesus' word. <clears throat> John chapter 21, verse 12 through 14. The Bible says, Jesus saith unto them, Come and dine. He said, Come and eat. And none, uh, none of the disciples dare say, ask him, Who art thou? knowing that it was the Lord, that they didn't ask him. They know it's the Lord, but they didn't speak. Jesus then cometh and taketh bread and giveth them and fish likewise. This is now the third time that Jesus showed himself to his, his disciples. After that, he was risen from the dead. And Lord willing, we will begin studying that later on as well. So this is the third time that Jesus has appeared and showed himself to his disciples. And he says they're coming to eat, but nobody's saying anything. Do you think that'd be a little awkward? It's like, it's Jesus. They know it's Jesus, but no one's going to ask him if it's Jesus. But here, guys, eat this fish, and they might just be sitting there quiet. It would be an awkward setting, and I think things are probably running through the mind. And one of the things that is running through Peter's mind, I'm sure of, is his betrayal, of him betraying and denying or, de or denying Jesus three times. Do you recall back in John chapter uh, 6 where Jesus was feeding the 5,000? And they ate of what? Fish and bread. So there's a similar thing. that These are some of the things that Jesus has done for them in the past that they know about. But when he was feeding that 5,000 and those fish, it wasn't the help necessary of those people that he fed. It was to show the apostles who he was, that he was the son of God. And here he is again doing a similar thing. It's Jesus. Let's go back to Luke chapter 22, verse 31. This is where we're going to start going from Luke chapter 22 and back to John chapter 21. So if you'll stay with me, we're going to kind of go back and forth a little bit as we kind of see this Peter and Jesus interaction unfold here in John chapter 21. But let's get ourselves in Peter's mindset of what Peter has done. And how would you feel if you did what Peter did? Luke chapter 22, verse 31, the Bible says, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not, and when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. Verse 33, And he said unto him, Lord, I am ready to go with thee, both into prison and to death. And he said, Jesus said, I tell thee, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day before thou, hast, thou shalt thrice deny that thou knowest me. And that's just saying, the, before the cock crows, you're going to deny me three times. But, but, but Peter's saying, nah, I'll go to prison. I'll die for, for you. In the beginning there, the Lord says, Simon, Simon, Satan, Satan wants you. Satan desires you. Satan wants to sift you as wheat. That's what Satan wants. And that's what Satan wants for everybody. You know who someone Satan got? Judas Iscariot. He was able to get that done. But here, Jesus is praying for Simon, is praying for Peter that 
his faith fail not. And when he is converted, what that means is when thou art converted, that means that when you return, it says, Peter, when you return, I want you to strengthen the brethren. And that seems a little odd because at this time, Peter's standing right there with Jesus. He's with Jesus. He's been walking around with Jesus and he's telling Peter, when you return, Peter's like, I'm right here. I'm ready to go to prison. I'm, I'm ready to go to death. But Jesus knows what Peter is going to do. And he says, when that happens, it's going to be rough. And you're going to feel terrible. You're going to hit rock bottom. And says, but when you return, I want you to strengthen the brethren. And we kind of see that unfold here in John chapter 21. So even though Peter made a mistake, he kind of had a little bit of a falling out. His faith did not fail. Peter returns, and then Peter gets to strengthen the brethren. <clears throat> Luke chapter 22, skipping in Luke chapter 22 up to verse 54, we're going to look at Peter's denying Jesus and what Jesus is saying here in John chapter 21 and kind of go together and flip-flop back and forth so we can have that mindset of Peter. Luke chapter 22, verse 54, 54 the Bible says, Then took they him, that's Jesus, and led him and brought him to the high priest's house, and Peter followed afar off. And when they had killed a fire in the midst of the hall, and were set down together, Peter sat down among them. But a certain maid beheld him that sat by the fire, and earnestly looked upon him, and said, This man was also with him. And he denied him, saying, Woman, I know him not. Right there, Peter denies Jesus. And that's the first time. Let's go back to John chapter 21 in verse 15 now. They're sitting there. They're eating as they dine here. So when they had dined, now they're done eating those fish and those bread that Jesus ha had prepared for them. In John chapter 21, verse 15, and the Bible says, And when they had dined, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. So here... Jesus is turning to Simon and he's saying, do you love me more than these? What are these? It's those fish. He said, do you love me more than these fish? And Peter says, yes, I love you, Lord. And he said, then, then it's kind of a, then what are you doing, Peter? Why are you going back to being a fisherman of these fish when I need you to feed my lambs? He said, I've got, I was about to say bigger fish to fry. I've got more things for you to do, Peter, than just go back and be a fisherman. I need you to feed my lambs. And that's the first time that Jesus has said that to him. Back in Luke chapter 22, verse 58, the Bible says, and, and after a little while, another saw Peter standing there and said, Thou art also of them. And Peter said, Man, I am not. That's the second time that Peter denies Jesus when Jesus is sitting there being tried. Back to John chapter 21, verse 16, the Bible says, He saith to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. And he said unto him, Feed my sheep. Do you think that's what's going on in Peter's mind here? I mean, I don't think Jesus asked him three times to feed sheep for a reason. He is trying to get a message into Peter. But I'm sure Peter is thinking about what he did. So this is the second time that Jesus says, If you love me, feed my sheep. Luke chapter 22, verse 59. This will be the last time that we go to Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter 22, verse 59, and about the space of one hour after a, a, another <laughs> affirmed, saying, Of a truth, this fellow also was with him, for he is a Galilean. And Peter said, Man, I know not what thou sayest. 
And immediately while he yet spake, the cock grew. And the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. And Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said unto him, Before the cock crowed, thou shalt deny me thrice. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. That's Peter's mindset. That's where Peter was at. Peter realized he did exactly what Jesus said, that he denied him three times. And the Lord looks and turns to Peter. That, that's that's got to be a terrible feeling. I mean, Peter had to be crushed, a contrite person. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. So these thoughts are probably still fresh in Peter's mind as he's sitting there by the sea shots, by the seaside, eating these fish and this bread with Jesus. John chapter 21, verse 17, the, the last time here, he said in John chapter 21, verse 17, he saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he has said to him a third time, lovest thou me? But that was the point. That was the reason. He was wanting to drive this message home to Peter. Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus said unto him, feed my sheep. He said, why are you fishing? Why are you going back to this fisherman stuff? I need you to do something, and that is strengthen thy brethren. Feed my sheep. And if you study in the, in the book of Acts, and Peter goes and does that, preaches the first gospel sermon and saves all these souls and establishes the church, that's the kind of fishing that Peter is meant to do, and that's what Jesus is driving home. You need to put that aside. I know about the denying three times. It's over. That's in the past. And you need to move on because, Peter, you have a job to do. It says, Peter, your job is to strengthen the brethren so that you can feed my sheep. And the great thing is that Peter went through that. It doesn't sound great that he went through all that terrible heartache and all that weeping. But it is because Peter, when he went about preaching the gospel, he understood how some people felt. Like in Acts chapter 8 with Simon, uh, with Simon the sorcerer who converted and believed and was baptized and then Simon's heart was not right. Simon the sorcerer's heart, if you remember that, in Acts chapter 8 where he tried to buy the gift of the Holy Spirit with, with money and Peter's the one that comes to him. And he says, your heart is not right with God, but you can get right with God. You can repent and you can turn. And Peter was there strengthening the brethren. He was there feeding that sheep. And it was very relatable for Peter to do so because Peter's gone through all these things. Peter has returned, and Peter's going to feed the sheep and strengthen the brethren. And that was the message that Jesus wanted to get to him. And apparently Peter needed to hear it again because he'd already seen Jesus like risen from the dead a few more times. And he's saying, listen, Peter, put that aside. Go out and do the work. John chapter 21, verse 18 and 19, the Bible says in verse 18, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, when thou wast young, thou girdest thyself, and walkest whither thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall gird thee, and carry thee, whether thou wouldest not. Verse 19, this spake he, signifying by what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he saith unto him, follow me. So he's saying there, Peter, Peter, verily, when you were young, you would dress yourself. You would do whatever you wanted, just like Peter's doing now. Peter's like, I'm not going to fall. I'm going to go fishing now. He said, Peter, this time when you're young, you can do, you can do all these things. But there's going to come a time where someone else is going to be the one that's taking you. Someone else is going to be the one leading you, and that person is going to lead you to a death. And it's not going to be a death that you want. 
says here that they're going to carry you to somewhere that you want is not. You want to go willingly do this thing. And that's the death that Peter is, is going to suffer. It's not a death that Peter would choose for himself. That's what Jesus is saying here. He said, when you're young, you could choose. Now someone else is going to choose that. Because it says here that he said this signifying about what death he would glorify God. You know, he, he said earlier, Jesus, you know with all things. You know that I love you. You know with all things. Here, Peter is given something that not very many people, if any other person, was ever given. Jesus says, you're going to die, and the death that you die is going to glorify God. And Peter has that knowledge for the rest of his life. Wouldn't that be an encouraging thought to know that the moment that your last breath and that you die, that death is going to glorify God? Because that's what we all want. We want to glorify God with our very last breath on the day that we die. We want to do something like that. Peter knows that. Jesus tells him that. And that is an amazing thing that Peter gets to carry around with him from now on. Just like in John chapter 13, verse 31, where Jesus says, Therefore, when he has gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. Why? Because Jesus is going to the cross to die for the sins of the world. That's how God is glorified. And Jesus did everything to glorify God. Not that Peter's death is, is the same, but in the way that Peter dies, it's going to be in a way that glorifies God. And that's, that's an amazing bit of knowledge for Peter to carry around with him. <clears throat> Shifting gears here a, a little bit, Peter starts talking like the old, the, the, the old Peter, the, the Peter that we know. John chapter 21, verse 20, the Bible says, Then Peter, t- turning about, seeing the disciple whom Jesus loved following, which is John, because John always referred to himself, that the disciple whom Jesus loved, which also leaned on his breast at supper and said, Lord, which is, which is he that betrayeth thee? Peter, seeing him, saith to Jesus, Lord, and what shall this man do? Have you ever had those same thoughts? Have you ever said that? I see it at work all the time where guys are told, you're going to go do this. And they're like, what's, why, what's that guy going to do? If I got to run two machines and this guy runs one, and most of the time the supervisor is going to say, uh, you concern yourself with what I told you to do. Don't worry about what that guy's doing. But we do that, don't we? we? We look at each other in this room. Well, what about this guy? What about that person? What are they doing? If I'm doing this, why are they not doing the same thing? If I'm going to go do this death and I'm going to go do all these things, what about John? And this is a little bit of finger pointing there. Jesus says unto him in verse 22, Jesus saith unto him, If I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. He's saying, why are you concerned with John? You need to be concerned with yourself and what you can do, Peter. Verse 23, Then, then went this saying abroad among the brethren that the, disciples, that the disciples should not die. Yet Jesus said not unto him, He shall not die. But if, I, but if I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? So they're saying, this disciple's not going to die. But Jesus didn't say that. Jesus didn't say he's not going to die. He said, if that's what I desire, that's my business, mine and John's business. It's not your business. You, Peter, concern yourself with you. That, and it's the same for us, that each and every one of us have the opportunity to glorify God. But it is not in the same way. But we each all have the opportunity to glorify God. And we can all glorify God in the way that we can. But if we start looking at other people and the things that they do or, or, or the life that they live or the abilities that they have or whatever it is, it's going to crush us 
But if we focus on what I can do or what Aaron can do or what people can do, then we will glorify God how we can glorify God. And it reminded me of Romans chapter 12, verses 3 through 6, where the Bible says, For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but, that he, that, but to think soberly according as God had dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office or not the same function, so we being many are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another." having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, that we each have something different that we can do. We each have a different function. And if we know that function, do that function. But don't worry about what this other person's function is. And that's what Jesus is saying to Peter. I've already given you the spill. You're going to strengthen the bread, you're going to feed the sheep, and then you're going to die glorifying God. So it's kind of do what you can do, Peter, and don't worry about what John is doing. John chapter 21, verse 24 through 25, the last two verses here of the book of John. And the Bible says, This is the disciple which testified of these things and wrote these things, and we know that his testimony is true. Verse 25, And there are also many other things which Jesus did, that which they should be written, every one. I suppose that even the world itself cannot contain the books that should be written. Amen. So here, John is saying, this is the testimony that I give. And the things that I testify about Jesus Christ are true. And there are many other things, but we don't know those things. And that's the great thing about the Word of God is we don't need to know those things. We have what we need to know. Anybody on this earth who truly wants to follow Jesus Christ and be a disciple of his, this book has everything that they need to know. It would be wonderful one day to know all those other things that the world couldn't contain all those books, but it is not necessary. It is not needful. We don't need to add or take away. We have it. And, and, I, and I'm re- reminded of as it's closing that, that you know and that you understand that we are telling you these things so you know and you understand that Jesus Christ was on the earth, that he was the son of God, and that he did these things. And it reminded me of Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, and I also put this in there because, Lord willing, We are going to start the book of Acts, Acts chapter 1, next week. Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, the Bible says, The former former treaties have I made, O Theopolis, of of all that Jesus began both to do and teach, until the day in which he was taken up. After that, he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them 40 days and speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And we have studied some of those things here in these last few chapters in the book of John. And that these things are here so that you know that this is proof. You have proof that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. You have proof that he went to the cross and that you have proof that you can put all your heart and your soul and your belief into Jesus Christ. And that's why Luke, who wrote Acts and wrote Luke and John wrote John, that's why they wrote these things down. So that people would believe on Jesus Christ. So the Bible says in John chapter 1, verses 1 through 2 and 14, In the beginning was a word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Verse 14, And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. That's how we started studying this book is that the Word was God, the Word was with God, and the Word became flesh, and that's Jesus Christ. But it doesn't just stop there. They filled an entire book of all the things that Jesus Christ has done, 
all the miracles that he performed, all the things that he did so you would have proof that you would believe. It's not just one spoken three verses here. It's all these things that we can look and that we can study and that we can bring to people. Last verses here in John chapter 20, verses 30 through 31. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. That's the purpose of John writing the book that we just completed studying. So that you would believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That you would believe and have life through him. Because without Jesus Christ, we have no life. We have no hope without Jesus Christ. And this is the meat of that hope. These, these things that we study of his life. Tonight, if you are not baptized in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the one that we have been studying about, the one that you have life, the one that you can believe now after studying his word, we have water here. We are prepared to assist you in baptism that you can be buried with him in baptism to arise and walk in newness of life. If you are a Christian and you're going through a hard time, much like Peter, that we all have Peter moments, that we all have times where we struggle, that we deny Jesus or we do things that we shouldn't. And Jesus is always there saying, you can come back, you can repent, and you can go strengthen your brethren. If you need that strengthening, we are here to help you with that. If you would, come sit on the front row and make your wishes known as we stand and we sing.